Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips that they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as we discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. On today's episode, we have Lauren and Julie, who are a mother-daughter team who have paired their expertises and are opening a brick and mortar here in the Austin area in Lakeway, Texas, if any of y'all are close to Lakeway. Their business is called Finery and Cake, and they mix in both the finery of furniture pieces and decor, home decor pieces with a bakery with cake. Lauren's cake is the best. She happens to be the baker that taught our cookie classes at the Wildflower Republic and is just in a, both of them are amazing humans. And I'm so excited for their journey. They have been going through the process of a build out for their brick and mortar for the past several months. It has gone way overdue. And so this episode is great for anybody who's wanting to open a brick and mortar and looking into spaces that might need a build out. Um, they give us wisdom of who to contact, who to look for for information, who has expertise. Julie gives us some good small business resources that are free to those of us that need them. And we just have loved watching their journey. Make sure to go follow them on Instagram because they are so close to opening and you'll be able to see what this long process has turned into for them. They are I I talked to Jenny about this at the end, but they're just so even keel and like peaceful human beings um, as they go through some pretty rough stuff with their business. So we're excited to watch them grow. We're excited to watch them open. And I think that y'all are going to love this episode just about um, hardships and hiccups that come in our small business journeys, but being able to continue on towards the end goal, even when it's hard. So make sure to go follow them on Instagram at finery and cake, and we will tag them on Instagram as well as in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to today's podcast, everybody. Today we have Lauren and Julian, who are a mother-daughter team here in the Austin area, and they are in the process of opening a boutique, which I'm sure we will talk about later on in this podcast where y'all are at with that. Um, But Lauren is one of my very best friends. I've known Lauren for like 11 years now, which is crazy. We've raised babies together and we've also done this small business thing together. So um, I'm super excited to have her on and her and Julie share their story and their next adventure. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. We're super excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. Yes. And so Lauren, we're going to go ahead and start with you because your cake, your bakery business started before, I think before I even met you, right? Yeah. So tell us your story and how it's come to be. And then let's bring Julian and say like what y'all are creating now. Yeah. So Gosh, I mean, I got interested in baking, right? Kind of, I mean, I always like to cook um, and um, started making stuff for my family and stuff. But then um, I went to college, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I feel like that's a lot of people's stories. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> 
Um, and, but decided I loved kids and I liked being creative. And so I got my teaching degree and, um, after that, I took some cake decorating classes just for fun because I had moved to Dallas and I didn't really know anybody there. And so I just decided I would take these classes to get out of the house and maybe meet some new friends. And my teacher in that class was like, you're pretty good at this. Like, maybe you should do this. And I was like, maybe I should do this. I don't know. <laughs> and so um, at that time, I was teaching at a preschool and started just making cakes for people for fun. And anyways, it's a really long story, but, um, I just, I taught and I made cakes for a really long time. Um, I did have a couple of jobs at, um, hotels in Austin as well. Um, kind of in between teaching and stuff. And so, um, kind of quickly realized that the hotel business was not the business for me. <laughs> it's pretty, um, it's pretty intense. Uh, so I decided to just do it from home, teach all that stuff. And then, I mean, fast forward many, many years, um, I decided to like, actually do it, do it. And like got an LLC and figured out taxes and all of that stuff. And, um, at, I also had a blog for a little bit <laughs> and it was called flying time. Um, I did recipe blogging cause I just love to cook in general. Um, but found blogging wasn't really my jam either. And so I just kept that business name for my blog though, and made it into my bakery name. And, um, and then really, I mean, this is a very condensed version of the story, but Christina invited me when they opened Wildflower to come teach cookie decorating classes. And that was like early 2019 or late 2019, I guess. Um, and I loved it because it combined my like love of teaching with, um, my baking and, and then of course COVID hit and I was like, trying to make decisions about schooling and all of that stuff. And, um, I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to like really go for this and make this like my thing. And so, um, I kind of quit all my other side jobs and different things I was doing at the time and decided to focus on baking. And then fast forward to 20 early 2021. And that's when Julie comes into this story. Well, not really. I mean, she's my stepmom, So we've known each other for a long time, but in the business sense. Um, and so Julie can tell you what her idea was. Yeah, I, I've been, um, well, I started out in, in the corporate world and always had a passion and desire for design, interior design specifically. Always did it on the side all of that. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to get my degree um, once I met Lauren's dad and we got married and all of that. So it was wonderful. Um, and so basically retired and was, you know, just kind of feeling a need for something to do, something creative to get those juices flowing after rebuilding one house and building our new house. Um, and so I thought I would love to open a little shop and offer my services and just some cute little pieces of furniture and blah, 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 and then sell Lauren's cookies. I thought that would be a great way to bring um, the two of us together and then found that, no, that due to regulations and whatnot, it wasn't that simple. So then Lauren and I started putting our brains together and came up with um, this idea of bringing those things that we love together, being 
the bakery, the desserts, the design side of things, and the wine side of things, because you enjoy that too. And so that that whole concept was born. And so Lauren and I decided to partner up and, and make this really happen. And tell us your, tell everybody your name, because I love it. It, we went back and forth with a few, but we decided on Finery and Cape. Finery for the side of things that I'll be doing more tabletop and design and home decor. And then obviously the bakery, the cake, um, with all of her beautiful designs and, and creativity and whatnot flowing from that. That's such a cool concept, taking um, like the shop aspect, but then also the eatery act aspect where people come and sit and hang out. I think that's really cool because you're tapping into both of those type of customers and can pull from both. So I think that's cool. And I want to have, I say this every single podcast, but I will, I want everyone to that's listening to hear this, like pay attention to the things you love doing and that people are like, oh my gosh, will you do that for me? Because that's usually where all these creative jobs come out of is like Lauren was making cakes and people were asking her to make cakes and she just liked doing that. And you might think it's like super easy and anybody can do it, but they can't. So I love hearing those stories, how you follow your passion and then people love it and want you to do it for them. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's like morphed in so many different ways. Um, cause I, I don't know, other creative people probably struggle with like finding their focus on like, what do I want to concentrate on and do? Um, but I, I kept coming back to cakes. It just kept coming back to me in different ways. And so, um, and then I found myself like watching all the YouTube videos and like getting in all the Facebook groups and like, just being like really interested in like, how do I get better? How do I do this better? Um, and so like, clearly that was a passion of mine <laughs> to, to like focus on, but it was hard for me to figure that out for a long time to like really, hone in on what I wanted to do with that and how I, how that was going to come about as like a business in my life. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, cause it's, um, hard going differentiating from the hobby to the business line. And I think that jump that you make is really scary and how to decide like, okay, I enjoy this as a hobby and I make wonderful cakes and cookies and cupcakes for my friends' birthday parties. But at what point is it scary to say, but now I'm going to like do this for other people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me too, like owning a business comes with so many other parts than just the making of things, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, I like, we've had to rely a lot on my husband, Matt, cause he's really good at like the numbers and the spreadsheets and <laughs> all of that. So he's been, um, helping us with like our business plan and, and, you know, just projecting how much money we think this thing can make and can we afford to do all this stuff. And so, um, it's been quite the journey, um, and like figuring out what each of us is good at as a team is really been important as well. Um, but yeah, it's all of it is quite the leap of faith. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey getting into the building? Cause I know that's been like a an adventure, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So when Julie um, 
came up with this like concept and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we realized like we were going to have to build a kitchen to do this. And, um, and so we started looking for spaces that already had kitchens and stuff, which were hard to find in our area that we were looking in. And then you hear like rumors about like different buildings and their landlords and like all that stuff. And so (laughs) we looked at several places and um, finally found a place that we loved. We were so excited about this cute little white house. And we thought it was going to be so adorable. But it was also kind of in like a dead area because like none of the other businesses in that complex were like, uh, like it was kind of vacant. And so we were a little mm-hmm. bit nervous about that, but we just loved like the whole vibe of it. And so um, we were literally about to sign the lease. And then we found out that um, there was going to be um, a septic issue because it was on septic and that to support the use of a bakery, which obviously we, we use tons of water. Like it wasn't going to support it. And it was going to be like $60,000 to upgrade the septic. And we were like, okay, yeah, we're not going to do that. And so, and, and that's the septic is one thing when you have like a clothing boutique or like Julie's side of the boutique where you just might have to put up with a smell (laughs) while you shop. But when you're eating goods, from somewhere like that's just not something you can mess with. No, no. And so we were like, okay, we're not we're not going to mess with the septic. That sounds like a can of worms we do not want to get into. So we heartbreakingly we had spent, you know, 6 months and we were about to sign and we walked away from that lease. Um but also very much feel like it was like God's provision and like <laughs> making sure we were in the right place cuz then just a, like a month later, right Julie? It was not that long after that we found the place that we did end up leasing. And it's in like a super busy shopping center. It's right off the high, like the main highway in our area. Like it's really visible. We're on the end. We have a drive through, like all of these things have lined up and, um, we know that it's been there. It was the right place for us, but gosh, it was like, why did we have to go through all of that part first, you know? <laughs> right. So how did you know? I'm interested in the part cause you're doing a lot of build out. Like, is there someone that helps you figure that out or how do you know what to do? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't, <laughs> we had no idea what we were getting into. And so like the first step obviously is like finding a realtor to help you find a place. Um, and we relied on our realtor quite a bit. Um, and then he has connections. He's a commercial realtor. He had connections with contractors and, architects and different people that help you. And so, yeah, we had no idea when we started this process that we would have to like hire an architect because you have to submit, um, you know, fancy, all drawn out, like engineered plans to the city in order to get the permits and approval to build all these things, changing plumbing, changing electricity, all that stuff. So we had no idea. And then, um, just because I think probably if someone's looking at building out a space, it would be helpful to know like that costs $20,000, just the architect. And so like, yeah, (laughs) so we were like, (laughs) and we definitely went into it so naive. We were like, we're not going to spend any of our own money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You bring up such a good point though, because not even, we didn't do a ton of build out, but you're right that 
I think people think working with cities is like, oh, come, come have a shop in our city. But you have to go through so many hoops, even just so we are in kind of a historical district. So even just to have a sign, like a regular sign, we had to get three proposals, submit three proposals, go to the city council meeting Mm -hmm. and tell our like show our sign, get it voted on, then go through the city to get it, inspect it. it was, it's like such a big deal just to do super little stuff. It's not like you just decide to open a shop and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. We've learned that probably the painful way, I would say. Well, and yeah, yours has been astronomical compared to what we had to do as far as like investment goes. But when we opened, we were also naive that it's like, oh, you go into a brick and mortar and all you have to pay is rent. And you don't think about actually getting the building ready, all the hangers, all the fixtures, all the the mural. We had to do all the same permits and stuff. Um, So yours is astronomical because hiring all the people. But I think even just the preparation of the the building itself, regardless of what that looks like, you're like, oh, I forget I have to buy all of that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I think if anybody told us the investment that it would have been at the beginning, we would have run away screaming, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if Julie feels that way, <laughs> but it's, it's a big, scary loan. And so yes. she's nodding yes. for people that can't see. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it's funny how just the like progression of things and like how things happen like little by little and, and all of a sudden you're at these crossroads and you have to make decisions. Like, am I going to move forward? Are we going to keep doing this? Like, should we keep doing it? And then there's like a point of no return, which we reached obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, okay, we're signing this lease. And I think one of the scariest parts for us was when we got our contracting bid back. So, um, we had, when we first were about to sign the lease on this new, on the second place, we had our, a contractor that our, um, realtor had recommended walk through and we talked about the changes we needed to make and the things we want to do. And they give you what's called a budgetary where they kind of guess very roughly how much that's going to be. And then you go through the whole process with the architect and the engineers and you get the true plans and then you submit those plans to the contractor and then they'd like truly bid it out. Well, that bid came back twice as much as the budgetary. Oh, wow. And we were like, yeah. yeah. And so we were just, we were like, we but we had already signed the lease, you know, we'd already paid the architect. Like we were like, what are we going to (laughs) do? We were just in shock. And so we were like crying and like on the, on the phone with the car architect being like, what can we cut? What can we change? Like, this is crazy. And so we ended up and we were like ready to sign with these contractors because they had been with us like through this whole like planning process, but then their budget or their um, bid came back so much higher than we expected. We were like, we have to budget, we have to bid it out again, which just meant finding more contractors to ask more time. Like it just, the whole thing was just like, ah, <laughs> which this is a time too, where contractors are just more every, wood and so much has gone up that they're in high demand. Everybody wants them. So they can technically get away with that. Yeah. And I think, um, 
we thought maybe they decided they didn't really want the job and that's why they bid it so high. Um, we're not really sure what happened because then we did get a second budget and it was still higher than our original, like what we thought it was going to be, but it was, it was like a little better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like we could see it happening. And then we also got something, which I don't know if everybody knows this, but a lot of landlords, when you sign, will give you tenant improvement money. And so um, our part of our lease was once our build out is done, they will give us some some money back to go towards like the improvement of the building. And so, okay. um, yeah, so it's called TI. It's pretty common when you're doing this kind of build out that that landlords will do that. So if you're looking at spaces, make sure you talk to your realtor about tenant improvement money. And if the landlord's open to that, that that's that's actually the next, that was the next question I was going to ask you was if small businesses are listening, who are looking for a building because PS besides this is your choices either to pull out and do what there's nothing available. So that, that, cause that's where wildflower was at too. There's just nothing available. So your advice to small business owners as they enter into a Hey, I think I might want a brick and mortar space. What would it be? Um, I would just say do your research. <laughs> and um oh gosh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I think finding a really good realtor that you can rely on. Um, don't be afraid to get lots of um just input from other people, I think, and that are experts when you don't like, cause I think part of what Julie and I feel like is like, we were never experts. We never knew what we were doing and we were relying on people to be experts for us. And like, there are pain points there because our architect was really new. And so she didn't know a lot of stuff. And so we found now going through the rest of the process, like there are just points at which we were like, Oh man, I wish we knew that to ask her, but she didn't know. And so like, I think just having as much advice and like other people that have gone through it before you to help you would be really nice. Cause we didn't, we didn't really have that. Um, I don't know, Julie, what would you say? There is a uh, resource out there from the Small Business Administration called SCORE, Mm -hmm. S-C-O-R-E. I relied on that a lot initially, trying to just, you know, decide if this was really something that we could and should do. They, um, it's a group of basically volunteers in different aspects of business, and they will Spend all the time you need talking to you or emailing you or sending you links to other resources. Um, they helped with you know a basic business plan, a basic financial plan. Um, they were there are different webinars that you can get online and listen to. Um, you can you can talk to one coach and then if there's another expertise, he'll write he or she will recommend you to another coach. And that was invaluable in the beginning. And that's just a free resource that's out there for anybody. So I think um, that's a a big piece of advice that I'd like to to offer people to do that. And at the same time, when you're, you know, getting all excited and your creativity is flowing and all of that, that kind of brings you back down to earth and say, okay, these are the actual steps that you need to go through before you jump into all the fun stuff. I think that's such a, 
practical piece of advice because that's one thing that's missing for small businesses is actual resources like that that do exist. We just don't know about them. Yeah, it was it was invaluable, I think, like I say in the beginning, and that allowed us to, I think, have a more of a firm uh, foundation on which to start the fun part of deciding, um, sorry, what we should do and um, how to go about doing it. And then we relied on my husband, Lauren's dad, Lauren's husband to help us get, you know, more personalized uh, aspects of all of it pulled together. And then we could start worrying, worrying and thinking about all the creative stuff. The fun yeah. stuff. So where are you in your timeline right now? Are you, is that a sore subject? <laughs> I know. I didn't know if I wanted to ask yet. Cause I know it's been like four steps forward, mm-hmm. 10 steps back. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Okay. So we signed our lease in September of 21. We signed our architect in October, early October of 21. They told us it would be like four to six weeks to get those plans, but we didn't actually get those plans submitted to the city until January of 2022. And then the city took three months to approve our plans. And there's also always like they come back and they say, well, you can't do this, this or this. You have to like revise those plans. It goes back to the architect, back to the engineer. It's just a lot of back and forth. And then we signed our contractors in May. And so they've been working since May, but then even they were like, it's been embarrassingly slow to get your plumber and your electrician here. And so it's been like a lot of like, it's always like a hurry up and then wait kind of thing with this. It's like, oh my gosh, get all these this paperwork together, do these things, like have this in order, and then it's wait. And so it's just been this very painful, <laughs> slow process. <laughs> but we are, and like funny thing is we've like had, oh, we're going to be open by this date. Oh, we're going to be open by this date. <laughs> it's like, we've just sort of stopped saying it because it's just right. been comical. <laughs> I've, no- I've noticed that. There's, there's no month and day anymore. Um, but let's see. We talked to our superintendent of the project um, mid-July, and he told us it was probably going to be another four weeks. And now, what do you think, Julie? <laughs> I think it'll be another four weeks. Yeah. But it's they're, just... They're okay. along. It's happened. Like, things are starting to happen. Like, we can start to see, like... Walls are being painted. Um, like it was a lot of the like under the wall, like in the floor kind of work at first, all the plumbing and electrical that didn't look very pretty or exciting. And now like things are starting to happen, like the cosmetic thing. So that's really exciting. Um, and like every time we go up there and we see something new, a new wall and oh, a new wall is painted or, <laughs> you know, they put, um, in the kitchen, it has to have, it has to be all wipeable surfaces everywhere. And so they put up what's called FRP on the walls. And so like the walls in the kitchen now look clean. There was a giant pile of dirt in there for a while. That's gone. Like those types <laughs> of things are happening <laughs> that make it really exciting. Like, okay, is this like, this is really going to happen. Like we are going to open. <laughs> Yes, I'm excited for you. And I just think of when you're in there, your like first night and it's all done, how great it will feel. Um, 
you've made it a long way. It is. It's, it's wild to think about it. Um, just the whole thing. And then it's like, it's been all this buildup and work to get to this point. And then it's like, okay, now the real work is going to start like actually serving customers and like being open and like what I think the anticipation of what that's going to do to like our personal lives and like our families and all of that is another whole nother layer to this that is overwhelming and scary and like, but also just like a personal growth journey to figure it out, you know? Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. I think it's going to be a great space. And I agree with Jenny, that first night open, you guys are going to like hold hands and cry happy tears. (laughs) And I will too, because I'll probably be there. (laughs) And I'll watch on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So Lauren, you, I know this piece because I know you personally, but you have already hired an employee. Tell everybody about that and like how you got to that decision and if it's going like, not if it's going well, but like, is it worth the expense? Uh, yeah. So, um, well, back when we thought we'd be open by like June, <laughs> we posted, um, just on Indeed, we posted, um, an assistant baker position, um, knowing that like, I really wanted someone to come in with me that like from the ground level to, cause I knew I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I'm going to have to do, um, in order to like fill the bakery case and still do custom orders and all that by myself. And so we've made like a baker a first priority, um, as far as our hiring schedule, but in our business plan, we have Julie, remind me how many employees four, we have Four part-time employees. We have four employees. And that was all part of our budget and all part of our plan. And that is included in like our loans. Like, so knowing like we are going to need this much money to like get off the ground, be able to pay these people, be able to pay for all the build out, all that stuff. Like that's all part of, that was all part of our business plan. And so, um, so anyway, yeah, I submitted that to Indeed. I got actually quite a few people interested. That was kind of surprising because you hear like service industry, especially right now, is hard to hire for. Um, But then I realized, we quickly realized like we were not going to be open by June. And I posted this in like February. And so I was like, "Um, by the way, like it might be a while before I can actually hire you. And everyone was like, yeah, no, I need a job right now. And I was like, fair enough, Um, except for one girl. And so she um, came on and I, I interviewed her. We just like vibed really well together. Like I feel really lucky because it was like my first interview, first person that like could do it and was willing to be kind of flexible with us. And so she's actually been working for me since May and, um, May's, May was, May's always really busy. It's almost as busy as December. Um, and so she would like came in right at the right moment and then summer is always slow. It's felt painfully extra slow this summer. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, inflation, I don't yes, know. Yes. <laughs> so, which is just such a confidence boost when we're about to open this big <laughs> business. <laughs> um, but anyways, we've been able to do like a lot of training and just, I've just, she's been awesome. Just super flexible with me and um, 
And so, yeah, I don't, I think it's been a really good experience so far. And I think Julie and I both just for all of our employees, we want them to feel just like a family, you know, and, um, that we're a fun place to work and, um, we want them to feel value. We want them to know like they're really important, integral, integral, I can't say the word, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Important part of our team. And, um, just that we value them as humans and um, as well as our employees. So, yeah. I love that. Now, Julie, before this, you were an interior designer. Yep. And I know the brick and mortar technically isn't open yet, but so far, how do they compare? What is it? Are are there similarities? Are they very different? Um, Comparing the work I do without a brick and mortar and the work I do with a brick and mortar. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Like how does, how does that look similar or different? Yeah. Um, it will look similar in that I hope to be able to offer the same design services. Um, people will just be able to come to a spot where I am every day and we can sit down and talk things through rather than, you know, doing it through email or doing it through phone call and then me running all over that kind of thing. Um, so it'll be easier, I think, for both me and a client to have a central space to do all of that. And uh, also being able to offer or at least show some of what we will be selling in the boutique side of things to give them, you know, a visual right then and there. And I can put together, you know, take a floor plan and put together some things that we have in the shop so that they can get a visual about that and how it will feel to them. And I think it's also just a way for me to show my design style. Although, you know, I like to cater to everyone's this will, to me, it's, it's a way for me to express myself and kind of what I feel is missing a little bit in our area too. So um, if there are people out there that are looking for something different, I hope that this will be a place where they feel like, oh, Julie might carry this kind of thing because it's not the norm. It's not what, you know, I see everywhere else. That's um, because I have, I have an eclectic taste, um, a different style than a lot, a lot of people. And I, I understand that, but um, it's mine. And I think pieces of what I like to do, anyone could incorporate, you know, to get a little different edge to their, to their look and their feel. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's a central place to meet with me, but also a place to come that um, they can see things for themselves right there, see and touch and feel and move things around, Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps, and that it will be an experience that way. But then also, you know, the whole atmosphere of the shop itself, I think. We're hoping it will be wonderful and mm-hmm. to be able to grab a little bit from Lauren's side of things, a little bit from my side of things, and just get that whole experience as well as just coming to some place to talk about, you know, decorating my living room or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. And people are going to love that. And it's a resource that's not out there where you can go and sit with them and actually see their style. It makes me think of like Joanna Gaines when she shows people the design she's made for their house, she brings them into her house to be like, no, this is like forecast. Like (laughs) I designed this so I can do a good job. And I think that's what you're going to give people. And I'm wondering if your favorite part so far has been ordering and going to market. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Absolutely. That sounds like daunting to me, but for someone like you, oh, yeah. I'm I would want to take you to be like find all the good pieces. Yeah, Lauren can attest. When I hit market, it's like you hit the ground running and you don't stop until we go back that. home. Um, it's it's very energizing for me, and you know it's a learning experience. It's also building relationships with vendors and whatnot, but it's getting all of that eye candy in one huge place and seeing all the options and, you know, the, the wheels just start going because you, there are all mm-hmm. of these wonderful things in front of me, but that is absolutely my best part, my favorite part. And um, being able to know that I can bring some of that into a space that's ours. And again, mm-hmm. hopefully show that to people in a different way, but yeah, market's the best. I was I was just talking to a local business owner a couple of days ago about how Lauren you were saying as small business owners we carry so many hats and we have to do all of these things you weren't signing up for but you have to and we were talking about that we get lost in all of those things that we often lose the things that bring us the most joy and while we can't hire out everything she and I were talking about like we need to write a list of everything that brings us the most joy and focus on those things. So then the other things are the first things you start kind of hiring out, whether like I was talking about my house being just a disaster and I would love to hire an organizer. But I was also thinking there was a girl who took my sewing class who let, who went around the shop and put all of my shirts in color order. <laughs> And she like loved doing that. And then she did it to my fabrics. And then, and I was like, I should hire her. Like I can't pay an organizer yet, but I could pay a teenager to come and do the closets in my house or whatever. So like little things like that, where the things that are sucking your joy, make you not give attention to the things that do bring you joy. So we were just kind of talking about that. And you guys are so stuck right now in the part that is not fun. I think the only person it's probably fun for is like an architect and an engineer, like that kind of mind. Uh, It's not fun for them anymore, but like you're so close to the light of where a lot of the things that bring you guys joy will get to come to the forefront, like actually baking. (laughs) Getting to the, the part where we get to like talk to the people that will be coming into our store and um, just all the excitement around that. And I don't know, I think it's just like you said, there's so many hats to be worn. Um, But yeah, I think we've tried to be pretty strategic about like the things that we know we are good at and then the things that we're not and finding either someone to help us with that or um, I guess just not being too proud to ask for help. Cause I think when I first started as a business owner, I just felt like I have to do all these things. And I, I also struggle with perfectionism and which has been a whole journey for me. Um, and like feeling like if I can't do all of these things, well, I'll never have a business that's successful. And that's just not true. Like you don't have to know how to do all the things you just have to start and you have to like, just find the people that do know how to do them and ask for advice and, you know, like take, I mean, we've, we've talked to Christina about social media cause that's not our strong suit. And so like, she's so good at that. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> we just, um, we definitely, and I don't know. Matt, and I lost my train of thought now, but 
Well, I was going to tell Julie when she was talking about market, like the way she feels about market is the way I feel about social media, which I know you'll be like, what? I love it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like we're, we all have all these different talents and gifts to bring to the table. And I think that's, what's awesome about having a partnership. And I know you guys have partnerships as well. Like in your businesses, like just having somebody else to bounce ideas off of. So even though like the design side isn't like my side of things, Julie still asks my opinion. And like, we talk about that stuff and she just like, well, what do you think? What do I think? Like, it's just so helpful to have another set of eyes, another brain on things, um, to just work through stuff. Cause it's so mm-hmm. much and it's overwhelming. And so doing it by yourself is hard, I think. Not that you can't, but it's just, I would just say you need like a community around you if you're doing it by yourself (laughs) to like for sure find those people, Um, which is why I love y'all's podcast too, because it's just, it builds that community of other people that are going through this stuff. It's hard. So before we let y'all go, I have two questions. The first is what are you most excited about opening your store? Um, I think just this is um, like such a light, like a long dream of mine. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't even tell y'all exactly like when it became a dream. It was just like, that would be so cool if I had my own space, you know, like how amazing. And then, so anytime we like, especially like we got our signs put up recently, like driving past that, like I would just start crying. Like, I'm just like, this is real life. Like this is actually happening to me. Like it's, it's, um, it's beyond sort of, I just, it's surreal, I guess. And, um, so I think just to be able to like, know that I went for it and I did it and we're doing it and I don't know what it's going to be, but I think it's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Um, and, um, and then just having built a family business together. I know people say that's scary, but and obviously you need to know your family. Um, but for us, it's been really wonderful and it's grown us close. And, um, I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's a good thing. So (laughs) I'm just excited for all of it. (laughs) I also think I've talked about this with Melissa that, it doesn't matter if you're friends or family or not beforehand. You're whoever you do go into business with, you're going to become incredibly close with. You have to. So that to me, I'm like, <laughs> Julie, what about you? What are you most excited about when your doors open? I am most excited to see this vision become a reality. Again, just because it's been in my head for so long, um, again, being, you know, doing what I do, I can't wait to see all of it come together and the melding of the bakery side of things with the design side of things and seeing that that's really going to work and it's really going to be an awesome experience for our customers. So I think that's what I'm most excited about right now. I can see little bits of it starting to come together. You know, some chandeliers have been hung and some paints happening. And so that's giving me a little bit of um, energy there. But I think that's it. Just seeing everything finally come together that we've been working so hard on and seeing that this concept that people just point, most people aren't quite sure how this is going to work. 
we're going to show that it's it's going to work great and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be fun mm-hmm. and yeah, and I, I can't wait for that in the intro to this i'm i already gave like where to find you guys and where you're located so hopefully those who are local will be able to check it out really soon before you go we've been starting to ask people and i want both of you to answer the one think in your mind the one thing that you've bought for your business that was a game changer whether it be for the brick and mortar or for the bakery side or for your side what is like a practical business item that has helped you um well for like practical for the bakery has been the right equipment. Um, I upgrade, I mean, this is all my home stuff right now, but I upgraded my ovens to double ovens I have. And then for the bakery, I have two big, huge convection ovens that will be, um, I'll be able to bake a lot of stuff at once. Um, and then like my kitchen is literally a bakery at this point. I have a huge 20 quart mixer in there. I had got like a, a dough sheeter so I can like roll out cookies like a crazy person. Like, so just having all of those, pieces of equipment that were investments, right, but have made my production so much higher, have been absolutely worth it. And so like as a baker, um, I can just highly recommend like saving up those pennies to get those bigger things, even if you're a home-based business, which there are a ton of home-based businesses um, in the baking world, um, Mm -hmm. that it is worth it. And had we not opened the shop, I was going to make a whole, our whole dining room, my baking space. So like, finding, I don't know if you have a space in your house or whatever that you can dedicate to that, to your business, I think is really helpful. Julie, what about you? And I, yeah, on my side, I haven't really bought anything for the business itself other than inventory. Right. Um, and I think what comes along with that is, um, establishing relationships with vendors, which is really important. Um, you don't buy that necessarily, but it's, it's an investment of time and energy and to really research the vendors that are out there to get to know ones that are going to help you along the way and support you along the way. And, uh, those that can't or aren't, you, you know, push them aside and make room for, for others. So aside from, you know, our point of sale and all of those typical things, um, for me, um, just getting good relationships built up with good vendors because that's my side of the business is getting the inventory to, to have in there. And so that's been key. Yay. Well, perfect. Well, we thank you guys so much for coming on. We wish you so much goodness on to the next venture, the next portion it's coming soon. Um, And we look forward to seeing how your business grows over the next few years. We'll have to have you on in like a year to update us with how it's. For sure. We would love that. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Love you too. (laughs) Bye. Oh, I'm excited for them. Me too. It's been such a long journey (laughs) for them. My gosh, Lauren has been talking about opening a bakery forever. And it was really fun when we opened the shop when we opened Wildflower and knew we wanted to have workshops, you know, everyone loves cookie classes and that just mm-hmm. wasn't something offered by us, but I didn't feel right having someone like in our town doing the classes. Cause she and I are such good friends and I honestly have never had better 
tasting desserts mm-hmm. than hers. And so I was like really hoping that she would be willing to do it because I want to say she wasn't I can't remember if she was like actively baking at that time, but I just was like, you would be the perfect person for this. Like she said, she was a kindergarten teacher, Mm -hmm. like having to teach people who are baking dummies, you know, and so it was, well, I say that of like, she, you know, when you're a kinder teacher, you can teach such basic steps and she needed to do that. But, um, yeah. And I also told her at one point when she had that food blog, I, people who know me closely know that I hate, um, um, I hate cooking. I don't enjoy it. I don't like anything about it. My recipes never taste right. Um, and so I told her at one point, and I want to say it was right before COVID, I was like, we should do like baking for dummies where, or cooking for dummies where like I come over, we'll film it and I'll ask <laughs> you all the dumb questions. Like, like, um, so what this is, I'm going on a tangent, but one time I was grocery shopping and one of my recipes called for a dry white wine. <laughs> Literally texted Lauren and I was like, I cannot find dry wine. I was looking for like dried wine, like rice. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And she's like, no, 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 no. Liquid wine, but dry <laughs> taste. Dry. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> she's probably dying listening to this because she remembers getting that text. So when I say like I'm like a dummy when it comes to cooking, <laughs> like I literally am. And so I was like, that would have been fun to like cook alongside each other and me ask all of the, you know, like the fold in the cheese. Right. What is right. folding in the cheese? <laughs> you um, just fold it in. You just fold it in. Um, so anyways, all that to say, I've gotten to watch her venture from the very beginning to now. And I'm so excited for them. Her her mom, Julie, is so sweet. They're going to be a great pairing. I've gotten to meet with them, like they said, about social media and just their dreams of what this space can become is really, really cool. And it's really awesome that they get to do it together. They're both very, very chill, like laid back mm-hmm. personalities. So if I was going through what they were with all the build outs and stuff, I would have be like a frantic mess, which I'm sure they carry inside. Um, but they both really seem like very like even keel about it. Like it'll open when it opens, which just yeah. wouldn't be me. Well, and I love what they said about, I, I think they said this a few times of like you can't, everything is figure outable. I think you just have to start. And I like that they brought that out that like they weren't experts but they just started somewhere and then drew on people that could help them. And even if it's people they don't know, but they asked and like Mm -hmm. how Julie said about the score, which I've heard of score, but I didn't realize that was like a national resource. I thought that was just around here. So I'm going to look into that. Um, But yeah, I think that's just a good, good piece of encouragement for all of us is just start somewhere Mm -hmm. and you find people like get good people around you that know more than you on a certain thing and everything's figure outable. Yeah. And I think all of us are going to experience hiccups. They just look really different. And I think when you get, when you experience hiccup, 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 and then you get to the end goal, there's probably an even more like feeling of accomplishment of like, I made it through all of these hiccups and they're going to be really appreciative for things that they might not have been appreciative about had it been like a really easy process. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to watch them and see how they grow. And 
Um, we're just cheering for you guys, Lauren and Julie. Here we are. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.